is such a great gift. So thank you guys for coming out this morning. We, a lot of our church family are not here this morning. We need to be in prayer for each other and lifting each other up and encouraging each other. But thank you guys for being here this morning. What a great ministry in music. You guys enjoy that? Say amen. All right. It's exciting to praise and to worship the Lord in that way and to be blessed in that way as well. And I want to invite you this morning to turn in your Bibles to the book of John. Uh, in John chapter 5, uh, there's a man that needs healing. He's desperate. He's really needing something good to happen. And probably if I ask all of you guys individually, uh, do you need something good to happen? And that there would be a, maybe a multitude of answers and certainly a different uh, segment of answers as well. But I think all of us honestly can really be here this morning saying, hey, I, I would appreciate something good. You know, how hard is it to live life without hope or without having expectation of things, you know, getting better? Uh, we've, we've gone through some difficult times and still going through some difficult times, but we can't lose that hope that we have of, of some, something changing and it changing for the better. How in the world could we get up and go out every morning without that expectation of God's blessing of something rich happening to us or something new or exciting happening. And so, John chapter 5, we find a guy who's he's down in his life and he's facing some hard circumstances, has for a long, long time in his life. As a matter of fact, this man had been, um, been struggling for years in his life with health issues. And he really had come to this place in John chapter 5 where he was going to a place called Bethesda to really seek a blessing, a healing from God. And so he was really looking for something good to happen. Now, I think we ought to face every day that way. I think every day that we get up, that we ought to begin that day with the idea or expectation, hey, <clears throat> this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. That expectation. But follow along with me if you would, and let's see what happens and think about some of these things that uh, this man might be, uh, might be seeing. John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And now there was in Jerusalem the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, <coughs> having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well uh, of whatever disease he had. And now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, Sir, uh, I have no man to put me into the pool uh, when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps in before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, 
Take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was, was the Sabbath. Bow with me if you would this morning and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you today that you're good. And that your goodness is everlasting. And Father, there's never a time when your child uh, doesn't experience your presence in their life. And doesn't know the fullness of your love. And because of these things and how you affect our lives, that we can always have hope. Uh, Lord, we here this morning, each of us in our own individual lives. And yet, Father, we're always finding ourselves in need. And Father, this morning it may be a real pressing need. And so I just, I'm just praying for each one this morning. That Lord, no matter what it is or what shape it takes or what it looks like or how it feels, that God, you would meet each of us in our, our point of need. In the things that we're anxious about or the things that we're concerned over. That Lord, you would begin to move in a mighty and an incredible way. That, Father, for our weakness and our apathy, that you would stir up faith and courage and hope. Lord, I pray this morning as we uh, look at these verses of Scripture, that your Holy Spirit might be our teacher this morning. That he might truly open our hearts and pour in your word. Father, that these things this morning that we're thinking on and that we're studying this morning, might become those truths and anchors for our life that we can see good things happen. Father, I pray this morning that in this place that your will would be done. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as you begin to think about uh, things that you and I are concerned about that we really seem to really need something to happen, uh, is that there's some common things in all those circumstances I want to share with you. I, I believe in this man's life there were certain things that are common to the very thing that uh, brought about these good events in his life. Now, I'm not trying to talk to you about having some kind of positive mental attitude and all of a sudden you can wish it into being or you can think it into being. Uh, but, but I just want you to realize that this morning that there's things that are common that really precipitate the blessings of God in our life and, and that they're universal and, and they're throughout scripture and, and, and some of those things we see in the experience that this man had with the Lord Jesus Christ as well here at this pe- uh, particular day uh, first of all when things uh, are, are happening that, that are good for us we really have to be in the right place okay so uh, when, I, when I'm talking about being in the right place I'm not talking about necessarily a physical place, but uh, we have to be in the right place. How many of you, because you were at a certain place, certain things happened to you that were good, right? In other words, it, it kind of coincided or come together with, with something that happened with good. Well, I want to tell you, I think this guy was at a place where something good was going to happen for him, uh, that God was going to do something significant in his life. And so he came by faith to this place called Bethesda. Now, Bethesda is kind of a neat place, and uh, the pool's there, and uh, they are um, significant in Scripture. Uh, the word Bethesda itself means house of mercy. How can you go wrong being, being in the house of mercy? 
Right? I mean, it, God is a God of mercy, and so we need to be in, in, in a place of mercy. It was a place known for its healing. It was a place where people came to seek God and to seek His healing. And so uh, it, uh, it, it was synonymous with its name, a house of mercy. Now, Bethesda in, in particular, uh, it was a place that the Bible says had porches. In other words, it had these covered areas around it. As a matter of fact, uh, the pool of Bethesda was actually two separate pools uh, together. They were one, one pool on one side and a wall divided them. And there were all these porches and coverings around, and people would gather, and they, they would wait, and, and they would wait to be placed into the pools there. And so it was kind of a, a neat thing. And in these, lay a, uh, the Scripture says, lay a great multitude of sick people. The Bible says, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. And so many people had gathered around this place. Do you, do you know why many people gathered around this place? Because many people need something to happen in their relationship with God. I believe that's why you may be here this morning. I know it's why I'm here this morning. Is that I'm really seeking God for Him to touch, speak, move in my life today. And, and so I, I want to be in that place where I believe that God is moving. Now, Jew, the Jews had a tradition or a belief that, if you see it in verse 4, that there would... Uh, at certain times, an angel would come, stir the waters. If you were the first in, that, then you were healed. Uh, and so they were coming looking for, uh, with expectation, something to happen in their lives that they desperately needed. You see, being in the right place isn't always a physical thing. It's not, not always, but, but it can be, okay? Uh, you being here this morning is a physical thing. But it takes more than that. Uh, and, and really being in the right place is, is really as much a heart issue as it is also a physical thing. The Bible says in Psalms 147 verse 3 that He being God, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. In, in other words, it's when our when we come to the realization that we need God, that He begins to work. Or when we come to the understanding that we're at the end of where we are and, and we're, we're desperate for God to move in our lives and God begins to move. It's only until that time where we get to that place of, of where we're ready to surrender all to Him that He begins to really move in a powerful way in our lives. And so... You know, in our case, it's not, we don't have to go to Jerusalem to the, to the pool of Bethesda to be healed. But one of the things that we do have to do is that our heart has to be in the right place. Our, our, our faith in Him has to be right. The right place to be is a submissive heart. It, it's a heart that's open to be taught by God. It's a heart that's open and humble to God. And, and without that, then, then God doesn't move in our lives. Because you see, the opposite of brokenness is self-sufficiency, isn't it? I mean, if we're not submitted to God, then we're submitting to ourselves or we're advancing our own self. And the Bible says that God only lifts up the humble. Humble yourselves in the sight of God and He will lift you up. Scripture says. And so it's that place that you and I need to be today of the heart. 
It's that, that place of, of accepting and believing and needing and trusting and wanting and being desperate for God and His moving in our lives. That's where God wants us to be. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and, and, and confess their sins and, and turn from their wicked ways, Scripture says, then I'll hear them from heaven and I'll heal their land. It's that desperate need that we, we have for God is, is really the place where He begins to move. Where He really begins to respond to the needs that we have. And so, it's really a, a, a place that we need to be today to see God move in a great way. So, it was a place known for healing. Another thing that Bethesda was, it, it was a place for, uh, of spiritual significance. You, you see, it, it had history beyond this particular time. And, and the Bible says, if you look at verse 2, it was located by the sheep gate. Now, now the sheep gate's important because that, that's where all the animal sacrifices were brought through that particular gate. They were kept outside of the wall, and they were brought through the sheep gate, and they were brought up to the temple, and that's where they'd be offered as sacrifices. So all those perfect little lambs that would be offered for sacrifice would come through that particular gate and they'd be offered. Uh, the gate, it was the gate of redemption. It was where that the sacrifices would come through that would redeem Israel. And, th and that gate not only brought redemption, but it was significant in the sense that it was the way that salvation was provided. Sins were forgiven. Sins were cleansed. Nehemiah chapter 3. The Bible talks about the sheep gate. The rebuilding of the wall. And the sheep gate was the very first place. That the wall began to be rebuilt. It was a starting place. Where the, the wall around Jerusalem was rebuilt. Uh, it was started by the priests in that place, and they started building the sheep gate. And then all the way around the, the city of Jerusalem, the walls were being rebuilt. Now, the neat thing about that is, is that at that particular thing or that particular time when those gates were being rebuilt, each gate symbolized something significant. Like there was the water gate and... That was where Ezra preached from, and revival broke out in Israel. And, and we know the water is a great symbol of the Word of God. And all these other gates, but yet they, they, all, they all were predicated by, by the sheep gate. In other words, without redemption, none of the other blessings come. Until we're saved and we know the Lord Jesus Christ is our personal Savior, then then that, that's the beginning of all the blessings of God for a believer, isn't it? I, I mean, they're all attached to, they're all connected to the cross, to our salvation, to our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's where real healing begins, isn't it? That, that's where uh, uh, truly our, our, our life 
begins. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, the Bible says, until we came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And once we come to faith in Him, then He gave us new life. That's where it begins. That's where healing begins. That's where hope begins at the cross. And so all of a sudden, we, we, we see at this sheep gate, there where this pool was, is that things begin to happen and change for the lives of people. Same way with Jesus Christ. The right place to be is to be saved. Having a testimony of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we can begin to heal. But not only until then. You know, we look around our world today and there's so many broken lives, aren't there? So many people that are bound by sin, under sin's power, under the thumb of Satan. Uh, And the only hope of healing is through Jesus Christ. We look around us and we look at our society and we see all the problems of society. We see homes that are divided. We see uh, single family homes, single parent homes, and we wonder why all these happen. You know, or how can they be healed? Or how can they be put together? Well, listen, through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who heals. He's the one who, who puts things together. They may not look like we think they ought to look. But yet God is working in, in people's lives to come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's restoration in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. And that power is to save and to heal. Now listen, this man waited 30 some odd years, 38 years, to be healed. And it wasn't until that day that he met Jesus Christ that he was healed. Now look, this guy didn't get healed the way he thought he was going to. He, he, he thought he was going to slide off into the pool and be healed. Now I want to tell, let me tell you something about these pools. This guy, you think about it, he's paralyzed. A lot of people there are paralyzed. And, and these pools are very deep. I mean, I, I, I saw them personally. They're deep. And I'm thinking about what guy who can't move his legs is going to jump over in this pool if it not were faith. <laughs> faith. It's, it's only till we come to the place where we realize that we can't swim that we get in the water of faith and we trust Jesus Christ. That's where our healing begins. We need to be in the right place. We, we, we need to have a our, our, our heart that's open. And we need to have a confident faith in Jesus Christ. Well, not only do good things happen when we're in the right place, but let me just say to you also, good things begin to happen when we focus on the right things. When we focus on the right things. Now, if you look at verse 6, Jesus asked him a question and you know, we might look at that question and say, well, how crazy is that? Why, why, Jesus, would, you, why would you even ask him that? But Jesus asked him, he says, uh, uh, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had been in that condition a long time, Jesus knows what's going on. He said to him, do you want to be made well? What? What a question, right? I'm here, I'm in need, you know, I'm waiting, you know. Why, why are you asking me, do you want to be made well? Of course I want to be made well, right? That's what you and I would probably say. 
Uh, but you know, I, what Jesus was trying to do, I really believe, is trying to get him focused on, on what, what was important. You know, there's several other places in the Bible where Jesus does the same thing. He, he asks somebody an obvious question, has an obvious answer, and, 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 and the response is to get them focused on, on, on what he's about to do and what he wants to do. Do you want to be made well was the question. Well, the answer is pretty obvious, but Jesus asked him the question, I think, to ignite hope in his life. You know, when you're, uh, he was asked that question, then all of a sudden the possibility arises. Could it happen? Now, he was already discouraged because what, how did he respond to Jesus? He says, well, I don't have anybody to put me in the water and nobody can help me and I, I, I'm never first and all these kind of things, you know, and, and all that. You see, that's not a testimony of hope. That's a testimony of despair. Because everything about it is, is why I can't be healed instead of believing that, that he could be healed. How, how often is, is our mind, does our mind work that same way? We find all the reasons why God won't do something for us instead of just believing Him to do something for us. We find all the excuses that we can find why we can't do something for Him and, and we wind up hitting the mark because we don't do anything for Him. But how about if we had that hope or that focus of Yes, I can see something change. And so, you know, he asked that question. For 38 years, he'd had this issue. How many times he'd gone down to the pool, I don't know. But certainly, he was at a place in his life where he was worn down. And he was ready to give up. And he had lost hope. And he didn't see a way out. You know, sometimes we can get that way, right, in our circumstances. We can get so worn down by the things that we're facing every day that we, that we wonder, can it, can it really change? And, and the answer is, yes, it can. Uh, and, and Jesus ignited hope in this man. You see, Jesus asking that question, do you want to be made well? And, and that sparked hope in him. Yes, I do. But also, Jesus asked him the question, I think, to impart faith or to begin that process of faith growing in this man's understanding. He stopped looking at the water, didn't he? As his answer. He stopped looking at the crowd around him, seeing all the obstacles to why he couldn't be healed. He stopped worrying about how he was going to get in the water or how he was going to get out of the water. And then he started looking at Jesus. Right? Jesus, in a sense, was saying, Look at me. Look at me. And really, isn't that the direction of hope? Look at him. I mean, you know, we, we, we get so caught up in our, in our material world that we begin to look around for the answers of life anywhere but Jesus. We, we start to look around at things that, 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 that are solutions for our problem anywhere but the Bible. And, and all of a sudden we get caught up in it and it's a spiral of despair if we look anywhere but Jesus Christ for our hope. It's Him. Face to face, it's Him. 
to look at him. It's a place in scripture where Jesus is about to look at, uh, about to heal someone and 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 Jesus called him and he said, "Look at me." You know, look. And there's where our faith needs to be in him. Jesus asked that question to begin that faith in this man's life to trust him because he needed to focus on the right thing. Jesus Christ. Well, finally, also, if you look, verses 8 and 9. <clears throat> if we're going to see good things, we need to respond in the right way. And by the way, that's a free answer on that one, okay? And you're out. A response. To respond in the right way. You know, we, we, faith calls for a response, doesn't it? Uh, and, and so he needed to respond in the right way. Listen to what... <clears throat> Look at, look at verse 8. The Bible says, And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. So, so Jesus commands him. He says, Rise, take up your bed. Take up that mat that you've been laying on all these years. Don't live that way anymore. But take it up and walk. What a, an amazing thing. You know, the man could have heard Jesus and, uh, you know, he could have been like us sometimes and responded, well, I can't walk. I hadn't gotten in the pool yet. You, you know, I, you, you hadn't helped me down in the water yet or I wasn't the first or whatever response, you, you know, he might have given him. But what did he do? He, he responded in obedience, didn't he? And when Jesus said, rise, get up and walk, he'd forgotten Everything that he thought would heal him other than Jesus Christ. And he was obedient to the Lord. And the Bible says he stood up and walked. You know, if you read on in John chapter 5, you'll find out that he became a living testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, that living testimony brought persecution to the Lord Jesus. But he became a living testimony to what it means to have faith in God. You see, when those good things come into our life, we see God do some incredible work. Uh, he does it in an unconventional way, or he does it his way. Let me just say that. He does it his way, and we're taken back by it. All of a sudden, our lives become right a living testimony of who he is and what he's capable of doing. And so certainly, this man became a testimony. Let me ask you a question. How many promises do you think Jesus makes in his word that promise good things? I'm sure somebody's probably counted them before. It's all kinds of people counting things in the Bible. <laughs> but let me just say this. I really believe there's a lot of them. I, I really believe there's a lot of good things in the Bible that God promises to us as his children. As a matter of fact, I, I think every promise that God makes is good to us. There's a lot of them. Let me ask you another question. How often do we, do we take Him at His word and respond like they're true? Wasn't that what made the difference in this man's life? It's when he heard Jesus speak to him. And he responded to what Jesus said. Do you think there's something to that? 
We, God speaks, we hear, and we obey. Good things happen, right? It's what God and how God has chosen to respond to us, isn't it? In His goodness. You see, when good things happen, I really believe that we're in the right place. We're saved, we're serving, and we're growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when those things are happening in our life, we're at a place where God really does some good things. Our life will will never be more richer or more fuller or more significant than when you and I are saved and serving and growing in that relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. You want a full life? And you'll find that fullness in your walk with Jesus Christ. So we're, we're in the right place. But also, our, our focus is on the right thing. And it, it needs to be. It needs to be on Him. We need to fully rest our hope and our faith in Him. And in Him alone. And when we do that, good things are going to happen. I mean, we're going to see God work in incredible ways when our faith and our hope are in Him. Because our focus will be on the right thing. When when our focus is, is in His Word and the things that God speaks to us through His Word. When we take the Word of God and we, we treat it like it is, in, in, infallible and inerrant, answer for all of our issues and all of our needs and all of life, and when we look at it in that way and focus on it in that way, then we're focusing on Him. And good things are going to happen. But, but also, it's when we respond in the right way that good things are going to happen. It's when we obey That's when we're obedient to God. Because when we're obedient to God, we're walking in His way. And when we're walking in His way, when we're walking in step with Him, then it's that time of those showers of blessings. Because we're we're in tune, we're in focus, in step with Him. And so all these things are are places and things where God blesses and when we can see some good things begin to happen. Now, what a great place, right? Every one of us here this morning, our family, probably our, our own personal life and walk with Jesus Christ, well, we all need something good to happen. I, I want to stand here before you this morning and tell you, that I need something good for God to cause to happen in my life. So my faith will be strengthened. And so I'll be encouraged to want more. You may be as well. Well, let me tell you, it can happen. Bow with me if you wouldn't, let's pray.